You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go Welcome to the best of 2019, season 5 to 8, beginning with season 5 and emotional intelligence by Daniel Goldman. So that, I don't think we, we got into it, I know we discussed it a few days ago um, in regards to IQ versus EQ, yeah, I think that was one of the, probably the, one of the questions I didn't ask yeah. um, Scott, but what, what do you think is more important? I- IQ or EQ. Can I, Pete, I know you want to talk. No, nah, go on, go on. Let me go for it, I'll be quick. Do you know what's crazy? And it's mad, well, it's mad anyway, but one of the things, yeah, I, I, I used to, well, I don't, I still not, still, I don't even want to use envy because it sounds like I hate on them because I don't, but I'm, it's almost like, I'm so, sometimes I come across someone who's crazy intelligent and I'm like, yo, like, I respect your intelligence. Mm. Does that, does that almost make sense? Yeah. I can list like, someone like, a Carla. Yep. Mad respect. I just think he's so, and it makes me proud that he's from a background that I can resonate with. Yeah. But anyone, it doesn't matter who they are, I could just respect someone's intelligence and be like, yo, like that's crazy. That yeah, a is some part of it is remembrance. So b, you can put it into context with certain conversations. Yeah. See, like it's just it's just crazy, and I respect that big time. But at the same time, like I've got a good connection of social people of a good social network around me. Yeah. And I think part of that is because people know at like certain times it has a need or not even in times of need, but other times I'll just, I'm a man who, who, who will respect you. And also I can relate to you and help you with situations because I can reflect what you're going through in turn and maybe offer logical solutions. Show, i.e. show a degree of emotional intelligence. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So Definitely. I think it is, there is a balance required a hundred percent because I've worked in workplaces where you got man in there, you got man and woman in there that are mad intelligent. And you're just, but sometimes you can't, I can't fathom what goes through their brain when they make certain decisions. Like, like, emotion, the, like logical. It's almost thing. like, what about the people? You know them ones? Yeah. It doesn't, I'm just like, what? But I think it, it mentions in the book, I'll have to find it at some point, where you get people that are high in IQ, but their EQ is almost non-existent. I actually personally believe that EQ will take you further in life than IQ. That's my personal opinion. I think there's only so far IQ can take you, but I think in order to... I want to say successful, to be successful in life, which is very, very broad in terms of whether it's raising a family, friends, and so on and so forth, I think you need EQ. Just to, to you know what? Just yeah. just to kind yeah. of touch on that point, um, there's a there's a excerpt that I'm going to quickly read. Mm. That's on page thirty four, mm. which kind of uh, backs up what you're saying, P. And I I, def- I definitely agree with what you're wicked, saying. Wicked, wicked. Uh, perhaps a freshman with a SAT math score of five hundred had better not have his heart set out to be a math- mathematician. But if instead he wants to run his own business, become a U.S. senator, mm-hmm. or make a million dollars, he should not put aside his dreams. The link between test scores and those achievements is a dwarf by the totality of other characteristics that he brings to his life. And one of the things that you may see on Instagram or just just in passing and different quotes is a lot of A star students work for C C um, mm-hmm. C minus or or C mm-hmm. grade students, and that's because a C grade student 
one is can can accept failure and be emotionally intelligent and are willing to ask for help and they'll get someone that's smarter than them to do what needs to be done if they can't well, do they it can't themselves. Fathom what they can't do, yeah. And what you find with a lot, I'm I'm not blank blanketing and making to say a all, sweeping statement. Yeah, not all A student A star students or A students will be working for someone that's got a lower test scores than them. Mm-hmm. But what you do find is. <laughs> And I, I definitely found this in, in university as well. A lot of those students that were literally A stars and A whatevers, yeah, yeah. they they didn't have no social skills and because they didn't have the time to almost develop it because yeah. they was always had their heads in the books. I'm not saying it's a detriment, but there was almost no balance. It was one or the other. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. they chose the IQ over EQ. Mm-hmm. And for for a C student, I think for, well, I'm I'm I, I'm probably a C student on paper, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I'm academically smart, I would say. But street smart, you additionally, street, street smart, smart, and 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 having those smarts has mm-hmm. played a good role in for me to to do what I'm doing now. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I think leading back to what you were saying in, in regards to IQ and EQ, it's definitely a balance is needed depending on what your achievements or what you want to do in life will yeah. determine whether EQ may be a bit more favoured than IQ or IQ may be a bit more favoured than EQ. Because if you want to be a rocket scientist, EQ's not exactly going to put you in good stead of, of doing that field. Whereas being a, a musician and having to work with other musicians... And, and, and enable people to get to... To believe in you, give you your break. You need that. You need to be able to talk to people. You need to be able to socialize and yeah. actually read someone and say, "Okay, they 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 look down. Let me say a joke and do you know what I mean. May change their whole mood up." French, everyone knows it. It's one of those things when people invest in you, and that's not just musicians, but for some reason, because you mentioned it, yeah, they're investing not just in your music, in you. Look at all right, something that's happened just now recently. Cristiano Ronaldo, Juventus signed him. Not the guy's thirty three. There's then no. They've signed him for one hundred and five million. For those, sorry, he's a football player. For those who are not football fans, they signed him for one hundred and five million. They're not going to recoup that signing fee. They know that. What they do know is people buy into the whole brand. They want Ronaldo shirts. He's hardworking. He's got a son that he dotes on. They buy into the brand. They buy into him. Not just the footballer, but Cristiano Ronaldo, the complete person. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. It's the same thing. What job can you get more so in your emotional intelligence rather than your IQ? But you've actually just gone into it, really. So you said things which I wasn't even thinking about. Social too. worker, counsellor, those kind of jobs, for me. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I do agree with this. But you mentioned musician, uh, which Artist, I think yeah. musician, behaviour mentor, all that type of stuff. Well, it's, it's known that footballers don't about. have are not the smart a lot of them sorry yeah. a lot of footballers are not the smartest but if you're thinking about professions which are not sporting I'm definitely going for things like your social work your family liaison work that kind of role where you you're you're um you're at the forefront of customer service does that make sense yeah, you know into the, the personal public. skills exactly like, every day exactly that but I think I might have mentioned before obviously which one I value obviously a little bit more but yeah. like, just asking this question to yourself what yeah. do you value more EQ or IQ um, a mix. No, no, it's not defense thing. All right, I'm not doing fence. I'm not gathering splinters out here, my brother. Okay? <laughs> my brother. If, if I had to choose one, I would go with EQ simply because I'm naturally 
emotionally intelligent I would say it's I would yeah definitely I've always been aware I think as, as you said P you was always aware of always having aware. emotional intelligence and I was always aware of how people reacted I would always be looking at someone's reaction yeah or, I think I was always like that as well or even and I didn't even know what I was doing that at the time but like mimicking someone's behaviour and what that behaviour would do you know what you raised a very good point I really enjoyed that point you raised there and it's in, it is in the book about the fact that in your kind of primary school people it doesn't matter where you're from you might be from a low income background actually you are an achiever you according to what the what the um, IQ test and all that yeah IQ test or the, the kind of government testing criteria that is currently in place in wherever you live you are we are your high achievers and then we, seem, we tend to and they put in inverted commas drop off it's not that you're right, you've raised a lot of points, mm-hmm. become more emotionally intelligent, you're getting older now, you understand what's going on around you, it's no longer hidden what's going on in your household, what the financial struggles are. Actually, I pose a question to both of you. Do you think it's a thing where, especially when you're from a background where, I'm gonna get straight to the root of it, money is an issue, where mm-hmm. we recognize, actually, do you know what? Or not even money, money might be a little bit of an issue, but just that you recognize people around you have have more venue, right? That It's not them individually, but it's their families can offer them more. And provide more support. Do you think that we that well, I'm gonna say we because we're that's what we essentially come from. Yeah. Do you think that we recognise at that stage, yo, I'm we we're intelligent to recognise, yo, money makes the world go round. I need to get this early, bro. Where, whereas those who ha- who are able to be provided for recognise that okay, it's not that important because mummy and daddy will support me until I get on my feet at say 25 bro as soon as you come out the gate you know like what's going on like as yeah. soon as you know you know when you're poor bro so what's your take on it how do you interpret this challenge well I throw the question back at is, it, is there ever a time to be angry and what and then, and then you can take it deeper what is in inverted commas anger do you know what I'm you can really go deep with it yeah um, it's hard because and you know what? This book I've read through. I've read through some of this book, and it actually, it actually eventually, because that comes quite early in the book, and then later on down the line, it actually says, it actually almost states to you, there is a time to be angry, but you have to make sure it's the right time and for the right purpose. And yeah, to kind of answer my own question, to, to I mean, you've brought it up and you've just answered it. Mm. When I first originally read that, because that's literally the first. Thing that you read in the book yeah. my first thought and, and I'll, I'll read it verbatim is it causes us to self-reflect the challenge is almost impossible unless we turn inward and become angry at ourselves to which with mm-hmm. added self-awareness come to a realisation that anger towards self has to subside meaning um, it, it is almost impossible to be to be angry at the right person at the right time because if you do then take responsibility for the anger you holding on to that anger isn't going to help you do anything because mm. I mean you, there is some people say well you need you, you can use Relax. anger as a fuel and you can use anger as um, something that can spur you on to do great things which mm-hmm. is true like some, mm-hmm. some, some many accomplishments are spurned on by anger you're pointing so go, go ahead because no, Pocker made the point about Alex Ferguson earlier and I'm sure if if any of you out there have read his book or just listened to a couple of documentaries, not just from him, but players around him, but players who have played under him, one of the things they said is he knew which player 
will actually play better when you get them angry. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, of course. Whereas others, you do that and they'll go timid in their shell and they won't play better. But you have to be emotionally intelligent to know that. I think in part one, I think it goes, what are emotions for? And I think I wrote down, intelligence can come to nothing when emotions hold sway. And I think that is where emotional intelligence obviously comes into play. Okay, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with, well, of course there's nothing wrong with being intelligent, but mm. like, there's nothing wrong with being angry, this and the third, mm. but you've got to be able to hold it together mm-hmm. when it is needed. I yeah. don't know where like this, this decision came to like stabbing someone over getting a bad grade and stuff like that. And there was a parable or a story, I think, of Chinese people, Chinese and Japanese people in Japanese, regards to Japanese. Um, them studying and stuff like that. And it was a case of them not... It was Asian in general. Yeah, Asian in general. In America. All right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And he, he speaks of, like, just very briefly, I wrote more notes on it, as to if they're not... They value IQ. And if your IQ is not of a certain level, then the way they look at it is you either stay up a little bit later to study a bit yeah. more, or, or you, you wake, wake up, up a little first bit thing in the and, and study. It, and it's it's just, the same thing as yeah. delayed gratification. And that's why I felt it was really interesting as to the conversation with Scott before as to the things that he does. Because for me, that marshmallow thing, I thought that was mad. Like, I, I was it's loving that. Test, yeah. I was loving that, how yeah. kids can, can actually think at that age, wait, I get one or two marshmallows if I wait? And they've got that emotional intelligence to make a decision as to, you know what, I'm going to wait. It's from, I'm not too sure what, what number it was, but it was the neutral tripwire. Um, and I've noted down in passionate moments of regret. So a girlfriend travel, girlfriend travels two hours to see and spend time with her, her boyfriend. He surprised her with a gift she'd wanted for months. For him to then say he can't spend a day with her as he's going to play softball practice. Or he's going to softball practice, sorry. She stormed out and threw the gift a painting in the bin mm-hmm. um, to which he to which he later regretted um, the binning of the, the actual painting that is um, I've, I've wrote down if someone makes well my personal opinion if someone makes not only time for you but goes out of their way the least you can do is, the least you can do is be respectful and reciprocate that love and energy I don't think I would have acted out in that manner um, but I obviously don't blame her um, I think there was a lack of respect shown I mean do, do you not think sorry Pete but I've got a counter argument do you not think because this is the thing that's come up before not between us but I know it comes up him buying her a gift given her saying buy is that not a sign of him trying to buy her love rather than spend I was about to say something but I will end up generalising stereotype making a sweeper statement people sweeper sweep people actually people actually um, they might value spending an hour with them not buying them something rather as much as you or maybe even more than you buying them a gift saying so I haven't been around for two weeks sweetheart here's your gift here's your watch here's your Rolex here's your nice um, here's your nice pipe perfume for 135 quid where is that person that you're in <laughs> what accent is that bro you, you, uh, you from East London uh, that's not even East London I don't know where come from the cans eh? you, <laughs> get, you, get the, anyway, you get the anyway there you go and I'll see you in two weeks, but I haven't got time to spend time with you. How's your week been? How have you been feeling? Let's really go deeper with this relationship and understand each other at a deeper level. I think there's a lack of emotion. Well, obviously, it's a lack of emotional intelligence, but I think there's a lack of. But you there. was making a point that a gift should be good enough. No, I didn't. I said. Was that sorry, um, French? Was that what he was getting at? Yes or no? From what I understand, no, I, I read. No, that's no, I was reading the reading excerpt. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a win-win. <laughs> No, um, when I read, I don't. Yeah, I was saying that I don't think um, I don't think she should have acted out in that manner. But I don't blame her in terms of storming out and throwing 
the pain in the bin. I, she, I, later, she later on regrets it, though. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the, the point, does. when I read it, the first thing I thought of, I remember I was seeing someone um, in, I was seeing someone at the time when I was at uni. What? This guy. Uni. My brother. Um, well, this guy's quite funny, actually, but I remember um, we used seeing to have, like, someone we, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we used to have really good conversations. No, actually, good, like, um, emotional Convo affair and that. This guy is a madman. Anyway, it was her birthday, all right? We weren't actually in a relationship. <laughs> what? Yo, I'm going to pause his teeth for one sec. It's paused. Right, tell me about her birthday. <laughs> Trying to mug you off. Anyway, um, anyway, I remember it being her birthday, all right? And I, I remember it being her birthday. And I remember, I think I either had to, I either had to collect a car, I didn't have a car, or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, something along those lines. I didn't have a room. Four wheels and these geezer. I didn't even. I didn't have a mode of transport. Right. And it might have been someone else's party at the same time that day as well. But I didn't want to go to either yeah. because I was just in one of those moods. When I told her I'm not coming, she let me have it. Hmm. I'm talking about she was barking down the phone. Okay, no, the you drop Giggs's one of Giggs's mixtape. You drop Ramsey's tune. She was barking down the phone. I was like, yeah, what's wrong with you? All right. And then it took me a long time to realise, actually, me going to a party actually really meant a lot to her. I mean, she told me a lot. She told me way in advance in regards to it being her birthday, this and the third. Um, We weren't actually a couple or nothing, but we were really cool and we're seeing each other. The least I could have done is gone to a party. Yeah, show face. And I understood why it was, and I should have understood why it was important to her. I mean, sorry, that was just my point, really. I mean, it, so how does it relate to the? <laughs> it relates to the book because obviously, in terms of the reaction, you showed a lack of emotion. I did, and so did he. He showed a lack of yeah. um, em, 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 empathy. Mm-hmm. She, she travelled two hours to come see him. This was something that was arranged, I think, in a, clearly in advance. Mm. He bought her a gift and thought, um, "I'm going to play softball." That ain't kind, of, man. My personal opinion. What I wonder, French. Is that something you do? What? Yeah. Whoa. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, sweet. I've done my thing. I'm going to be cool, come down, chill. But do you know what? When I read the story, I felt his pain. I was like, You felt his pain? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought she was rude. What, dashing the pain in the beach? Yeah. Is that what you thought about the painting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Totally two different opinions. I was on the guy, I was on the brother's side still. I was thinking, that bitch. I you just serious? I'm dead serious. <laughs> what do you mean? Of course I'm dead serious. I thought that bitch, how's she going to dash away the thing? Then. I saw it was like a one of one, like she weren't gonna ever get that back. Um, she, it was important to her. I don't know. How, I don't know if it was a one on one. It was a, a one, one of one. one. It was. She weren't getting that back, so she should she, more fool her for throwing it away, idiot. So yeah, no, I definitely I was on the brother's side, hundred percent. Okay, Mason. I don't know if you've given your answer. No, he should. He, should, he needs this. Come on, you can't mention me and just think a gift's gonna cut. You spent time. French, come what? on. You cold boy. French, you're jealous out here, man. You know the deal. You know you can't do this. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Some of the stuff that you mean... I do not know what you're talking about. I deny that. I did not have sexual relations. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Part nine, intimate enemies. Yeah, so I think we should start off where he speaks on them. Leslie Brody and Judith Hall. Mm-hmm. They've both summarised that the research on differences in emotions between their sexes proposed that because girls develop facility with language more quickly than do boys, this leads them to be more experienced at articulating their feelings and more skilled than boys at using words to explore 
and substitute for emotional reactions such as physical fights. That's on page 131. <coughs> um, do you think that we can, as, as the male species, mm. can catch up in, a mature, in emotional maturity stakes? Because you know, like, there's always that kind of women mature quicker than guys. Yeah. Kind of thing. Do you think there's ever do you think there's ever a point where we even out in terms of maturity when it comes to emotions? I like to believe so. Whether that is actual <laughs> fact, I don't know. Um, I think I, I think at a certain point that he might be I don't want to say subjective or objective. I don't know if that what is one of them words anyway. Yeah. Um, but to begin with, I think obviously they mature a bit quicker than guys by and large, um, and then let's say there comes a time obviously when men or boys then me too will have to mature or it becomes force yeah yeah do you know sorry because I, I know you looked at me first French to answer no, questions no, yeah. in my line of sight alright cool and I was, I was trying to think of the best way to word this so and I'm still thinking and like <laughs> but like um, basically I've, maybe it's different now but in our day I'm going to speak for myself but I'm, I'm kind of guessing you're going to agree in our day it wasn't cool to be sensitive and emotional and yes I actually agree without having any physical research to hand I actually agree that women like females girls women they actually mature quicker especially I just remember being in high school and you always tend to find this is just a random example which might not correlate but you find like the girl in year 9 is going up dating a boy in year 11 yeah. but you never find a girl in year 11 or you really find a girl in year 11 dating a boy in year 9 mm-hmm. um, and also I find or found that my friends around me that had older sisters they always seem to be they always seem to be able to speak to girls a bit more freely and seem to connect with them better than me maybe I was just a weird guy but like <laughs> but, <laughs> no no I think I yeah, agree with that and uh, like I just feel like I say yes or no. Yeah, yeah. I feel like also because you've got these—they call them metrosexuals now, right? Yeah. What's yeah. that? Uh, so the men who are in touch. Yeah, in more feminine, so to speak. Yeah, they're in touch, and they can yeah. have it. Because now, like even now, I'm just a bit more practical with my whole approach. So there mm, might logical, <laughs> logical. So there might be things, emotionally speaking, that females think they need to speak or important. And I just not brush them aside but it's, it's, it's one of them things it's boiling them off it's not boiling them off it's not it's just one of the things where I always I think I don't know what's not, I do know what's happened but I think it's so important to see other places than your flipping borough or your city go and see some real rough stuff or or, or just just watch CNN at 3am in the morning or one of them kind of channels that's not even a yeah, joke yeah that's, that's, that's not even a joke realist, realist that's not even a joke I basically do these like 10-15 minute like yeah. um, in-depth um, someone's been out to a country and done some yeah, and I don't yeah, know why yeah. they only shit at 3am or something but it's just one of them things when you've got yeah, you do that 3 when you sometimes that. insomnia strikes <laughs> insomnia strikes back boy. but Pocker's been there so he knows yeah I know <laughs> when you go out and actually see these things in the flesh you start to realise yo a lot of these things that get brought up all this emotion and stuff like that mm. I'm sorry it's first world problems there ain't, there ain't no space or time or space <laughs> for emotion in these, in these, in these places there's real, there's real eager-ish going on. Yeah, yeah. Like, real stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? And these people are sitting there crying. It's like, yo, I don't know where next world's coming from, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, help me. No, we're going out and getting it. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I get it now. And that sounds weird, but I've got this notion in my head now. If it's a first world problem, it's not a problem. Does that make no, sense? I, I totally get what you mean. But do you know what I'm more gearing towards in terms of 
yes, it's the, you're right, I 100% agree with you. But if we're bringing it back to our actual, our bubble, so to speak, our yeah. Western world bubble, yeah. and not to say leaving out the rest of the world because we do know it exists and we do know there's a lot of atrocities going on, but if we just bring it back to the most basis of maturity in regards to emotional intelligence, yeah. do you think that we can, as men, or yeah, male species, can ever catch up to women? Cause is there a study that says there's a gap? Yeah, well, this is the point I've read yeah. in, in the first place. Yeah. I don't think there's actual statistics, yeah. but from studies that have been done, yeah. it shows that they're better at articulating their feelings and more skilled than boys at using words to explore and substitute emotional reactions such as physical fights. So basically, yeah. a woman's able to talk it out, whereas we'd rather swing it out. Does it go back to cavemen days, though? And just, <laughs> but I think that's yeah. where it kind of spares from. And being from. the protector and, you know, and, uh, and arming yeah. focuses will, like, will bring the bacon up. That kind of... Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it goes back to them, that's inherent. It, it yeah, I think it's just... It is and, and things we watch movies and cartoons. I don't know, innit? Is it that? I, th- I think I it's inherent. inherent. I think it's actual mm-hmm. inherent from, from the days of time. Like, women are more emotionally intelligent not to know i'll just take that back they're more mature emotionally than we are in, in, in general even as we get always i know you're making a point of it gets a, a certain you get to a certain age but i don't even think that is the case i think even as you get older women still to even in relationships when i could be looking at my i remember my grandma and her partner she seemed very much more mature than he was. He was very much, not to say immature, because he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's an older gentleman yeah. or whatever or not, but if you were to compare the two, I could see, okay, maybe the women's a bit more mature in this relationship than what a man would be. I, try is. I don't think it's that age thing. I think it's just, gen- as you say, it's an inherent I'm thing. Point. Go on. Being able to express an opinion emotionally is one thing, but sometimes I've been in rooms where females have been having conversation and it might be like, oh, and I'm just sitting there like, seen in play, like yeah. yo, I'd much rather have 30 seconds of silence. Yeah, like, yeah, of course, because we're logical. Like, I'm yeah. just like, okay, like, yeah, cut the shit. I don't know, I don't, maybe I'm missing the point here. Please, no, what were you going to say? Know, I almost forgot. No, I think if we had like a wide, um, I don't, to answer, if, to answer the question mm. myself, can we catch up? No, I don't think we can. But I know the point that you're making. I just think we, women are emotional and men are logical. Like if, if, that's that's that's. What I, I'm saying what, what I think. That's my personal opinion. Let's say there's a bigger balance towards emotion rather. Actually, yeah. I don't want to say rather than logic, but I think <laughs> <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> that's what you said. I just leaving me out to dry like now. You said that. Before. You're on your own on that one. But I think I was kind of leaning to partly of what you were part of what you were saying. In yeah. that, I think if we had a wider range of words in regards to emotion, I think women will cover the majority of that in comparison to men. <laughs> Political, political. No, like, like the, the example you gave in regards to yeah. like your, your your grandparents and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. So I'm making a note right now to try and find statistics that women are more emotional. Well, that that excerpt yeah. is from page one three one. So if you want to go back and check, it out, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. I mean, it's only really like now where men are encouraged to be obviously be a bit more emotional and open up and yeah, um, become yeah. a bit more metrosexual and stuff like that. So. The art of non-defensive speaking for couples centers around keeping it what is said to be specific 
complaint rather than escalating it to a personal attack. So using a formula of X, Y, Z. So when you didn't call me to tell me you're going to be late for our dinner appointment, I felt unappreciated and angry. I wish you'd call to let me know you'll be late. How would you respond? I'm thinking he's a snowflake. I know I shouldn't be talking about him specifically. How would I feel? Yeah, like, how would you respond to that? If your woman rang you up because she was late for the day. Well, after her, to her, after this, okay. Um, I, I've been there and I'd just be like, <laughs> go on. Yeah, like, yeah. apologies. Like, yeah, I said apologies. Yeah, right. apologies. I'm on my way or whatever. Like, Shit. I'll probably say it couldn't be helped when it could have been. Yeah. But, yeah, apologies. I'm on my way. Yeah, I understand. I, I give them all that. But we go back to this point where I'll do the softly, softly thing. But if they carry on, that's a frat boy. No, no, I'm a bit aggressive still. If if you could see the man's hand, aggressive, a gun aggressive. If it carried on, no, but I'll explain what I've said twice. But don't keep making me repeat myself. If it carries on, look, I'm late. I'm coming now. Just wait there. You heard the phone. You heard that, innit? I hope the mic picked up on it. That's how it goes with me. Yeah. I've told. I've tried the softly, softly thing. <laughs> I'm trying it. I'm trying it. I'm trying it. But the first time we've won. What about you? How would I respond? Yeah, um, yeah I'll probably respond in the same way. I call. I'd but I think you'd be a lot calmer than me. Like me, I give you because you know sometimes you say it once and be like, yeah, but you knew this was important and the dinner table's up for five fifty. I'm so, I can't be helped. Just go and get. A, do you know? I have a yeah. like. You might do the half a glass of wine and put it up. Make up. I'll say, sorry, it could be help. Sorry, it could be help. Listen, I'm coming now. Listen, I'm coming now. I'm driving and I can't drive and talk at the same time. Boop, boop, boop. I'm ruining the whole evening. I'm not ruining the mood of the whole evening. Bro, I'm not going to lie. I'll probably, but I've I think you'd be, you be the calmer one, though. I've done. I've reacted that in that way. And at the same time, I have been. I've been able to manage the situation and calm it down. And yeah. Be like, babe, look, listen. I genuinely understand how you feel. I am late, and this is whatever for the reason why. Mm. And I'll, as soon as I can get there, I'll be there and we'll have a mm. wonderful evening. This is the thing, because if I'm late, actually, I, I, believe it or not, I'm actually stressing about being late. So yeah, that's yeah. already on my mind. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what I'm saying? To, I don't, I don't want to be late. To be late. Yeah, yeah, so I'm always stressed, so I'm probably driving at high risk and all the rest of it. Now, what you on the phone trying to, do you know what I'm saying, give me more air drama. Mm. That's when I just like, and then they get. I'll end up ruining the mood for a couple of hours, I'm not gonna lie. Whereas if I've been calm and considerate, by the time you get there within five minutes, you can, you can quell that. Does that make sense? Yeah, How about you, Pete? I think this is all a madness, but over being late. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. It happens. It's a real scenario. <laughs> Do you think we need more emphasis on EQ in the workplace? Or emotional intelligence? I think in general. So, whether the workplace. Who's or... we? Sorry, Pete. When you say we, did the general public? Like, yeah, it's in, in focusing on the African, African <laughs> 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 no, bro. No, bro. No, 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 no. Just us is in society. That's funny too, though, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it definitely needs more emphasis in, it in the Caribbean shops. Shit. <laughs> Keep it a buck. We're in our homes, boy. <laughs> yeah, so what do you, what, what's your thoughts? On that question? Yeah. Um, yeah, 120%. What, that we need more emotional intelligence in the workplace? Mm. Well, I, from my experience, I don't know what's lacking. Is there some kind of stats that backs up and said it's really lacking? Did you workplace? read the book? Yeah, I did. So, you keep asking about this, like, it's 
the reason why I ask this is because it's it's making a point of being at work and like you obviously got team managers. In fact, yeah. see the guy that um that we had on as a guest, that's what he goes into workplaces and does and emotional yeah, 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 intelligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So do you think we need more emphasis in it? And what I was saying is just from my own experience No. <laughs> He's a straight shooter boy. <laughs> yes. Come on, what's his face? his name now the cowboy John Wayne yeah yeah you manage I say do you, do you you manage what do you mean I think you're going to say no because I think the point you're making is like what's I just think you go to maybe it's just me and modern days I'm just not built for my you go to work to work just get on with your job like <laughs> <laughs> But see, nah, see, he's got problems, you know. <laughs> so you go to work, so alright, cool. So, no, put it from a different perspective. So you go to work, you're you're a you're part of a team, right? Yeah. He manages. Do you manage people? He manages. Not people. not now. But you was managing before, yeah. I don't want to speak about it on air anyway. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, you was you were being whether we're talking about yourself or someone else. Yeah. You go into you're you're a manager of a team. Yeah. You. You should have some form of emotional intelligence That's to what's called you, pick up on certain things. It shouldn't be a case of you're just coming to work, do your thing, get out. I don't care. Like there's got to be some form of emotional intelligence. I understand where you're coming to... from, but you know what? It's gonna. I can't. I can't speak about this on air. Go on, nah, hear it, man. Go on. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're cold. I'm cold, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. You tell you. You really should. You really revealed your true colours. No, don't. <laughs> it's it's temporary. Class is permanent. <laughs> Form is temporary. Class is permanent. Don't try it, bro. It's just temporary. I've had a hard day. This pig is muscle. Lack of sleep. <laughs> hey. Freeze hair. He, he's Johnny. <laughs> uh, I just had a long day. Lack of sleep. All that kind of jizz jazz work. Okay. Now, so. I, underst- I understand what you're getting at. I, I just, I don't know. Man. I just think like... You don't care, man. It's not that I don't care. It's just, I just think work is like... Work is work. Like, go to work, do your role, and like, just like not leave the emotions at home. But but basically, no. But sometimes people been, people been their whole lives to work, and it just doesn't doesn't register well with me. But say you're again. I, I he says that quite a lot, though. No, but I, no. Hey, it's, uh, it's just a temporary thing, all right? Remember, we agreed <laughs> it's temporary today. Now it's for today. Ask me tomorrow; it might be different. Anyway, class is permanent. I keep saying that. Right? Anyway, no, but it's just like. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I am a bit effed up, but you go to work to work. People bring their whole lives to work. Like everyone's going in the world. Who they dating? And they went on this. No, day and for me, there's it's just, there's definitely and some someone's cousin's done. It's just like get on. Like you're employed in a contract. It doesn't in your contract it doesn't say like come to work with all your emotional stress. No, 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 no. I mean, you should come to work with all your emotional stress. But at the same time, you're not a robot. You're not <laughs> exactly. a robot. So exactly. there's only so much the human can actually take as such. And I think if someone's there, you see, you see someone you want to get the best out of people as well. Often, Pete, talk to him. You want to get the best out of people, and the way to get the best out of people is to get to know them. Take it's a them. massage. How are you doing? Not necessarily. I mean, there are some things which you have to. I don't. Yeah, I'll be honest. Actually, some things you have to play out to. I'm sure you have to play out to. I'm not saying necessarily yourself, yeah. but your part with your partner. There's gonna be things the person will be saying in reference to work as to I want to do with this 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 in, your, in my mind I'm thinking what a load S-H-I-T yeah. like however it's not a case of massaging her ego she's actually trying to offload whatever is on her mind as such 
And then from there, you can get the best out of her or get her to enjoy the rest of her day, blah, 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 so on and so forth. I'm, I'm talking about relationship you know here, but at work, it's the same thing. Do you know what I realised? I went to massage yesterday and this is the best ever creation. I know I'm, I know I'm getting these, those some people you discussed now, I'm getting them all Alexa. Perfect. Wow. You can speak to Alexa. I know that. That's, uh, <laughs> That's like, super, like, super. This guy is cold. Yeah. Alexa. Very cold. So if you had a team around you, you'd be like, like Christmas for Christmas party, everyone get an Alexa. Don't bring your shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> take Alexa and deal with it. Cold hard. Right, What's your so thoughts? My thoughts. I think there needs to be a more of emphasis of EQ in the workplace. So I, I, obviously, I work for myself and um, just me and my business partner now. But I mean, once once we start having team members and things like that, that is going to be essential to get the best out of the people that we're working with. Not working, we're not going to look at them as our people. They work that work for us. We work with you rather than you work for us. So there's going to have to be some form of emotional intelligence for us to know. Okay, you may be having a rough time. Mm-hmm. You may need to be a bit more flexible in your work hours or whatever it may be, and things of that nature. And, and even when you're talking to them, you may, you may feel that they've slipped up on something. You may want to bark at them and say, right, listen, like, you're not putting your weight or whatever, whatnot, but you've got to have that emotional intelligence and know, okay, there's something else going on here. Let me approach it in a way that's going to be... I'm going to get my point across, but not at the same time, I'm not going to shatter their world. No, I understand. I think with me... Let's move on. I no, no, right, there's... Yeah. I don't know what chapter is. I think it's chapter five. To which, anyway, I think it's chapter five where they're talking about school children. I think they and the kids ultimately start having an argument. And certain kids just like being spoken to in different ways. I think everyone. Yeah, I know. It's the same with football managers. You always yeah. yeah, I know. They're saying you need to approach different players different ways. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's great analogy. Really, that's what I'm saying. You're saying it's my way. No way. Exactly. Or no way. That that's Mace's approach is fuck EQ. Come in, do your work, and get leave. out. That's it. Leave. You're painting this bad picture of me, bro. <laughs> you paint you, 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 you put it you out there. You, you Banksy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, leadership, leadership is not domination, but the art of persuading people to work towards a common goal. I love that. That's a, that's, do you know what? What do you know about that? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, me. Hey, on the button. Fred, repeat that, please. That's going up in a post. What's it? Uh, leadership is not domination, but the art of persuading people to work, to work towards a common goal. And that's on page one four nine. The cost of emotional literacy. Um, there was an incident in a school where two boys fell out over a small disagreement. Something trivial had exploded and ended with two boys being shot dead in the school hallway. The incident is in this book. There is. There is. There is. Um, the incident, chilling as it is, can be read as yet another sign of a desperate need for lessons in handling emotions, settling disagreements peaceably, and playing just getting along. As one Brooklyn teacher put it, their present emphasis in school suggests we care more about how well we school children um, to read and write whether, rather than whether they'll be alive next week. Um, can you give an example as a child? Mm. or with your experience with children where emotional literacy was an issue. Um, it can be something simple, but for me, at times I didn't enjoy being at home, which I mentioned before, which went on to affect my concentration and confidence, probably primarily in school. Um, and having obviously worked with children, I've seen these same issues. I'm sorry, um, can you give me an example of where emotional literacy was an issue? Maybe as a child, it might be with yourself, or it might be 
with someone else in particular? Emotional illiteracy. Illiteracy. Is that the question? Well, unable to, to voice your emotions. Yeah, I mean, like, something trivial, obviously, ended up with two, with two boys being shot dead in the hallway. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, you know what? I've, I think I've spoken about this before as well. Sometimes, if I get, like... I get really angry about something. I can't voice out what I need to say, and it, and you just end up building up, building, building, building up. You just want to lash out. So I can I can understand that that not understand why you'd shoot someone over that. Yeah, you shouldn't have that on you. But like, I I can understand, and I've been there before. There was an example the other day I gave of road rage, where actually, yeah, it ran to my head, and then really and truly, I should have been. Even when we I pulled up next to the car. It was more, what? You know, like, you know, aggressive fool. Whereas you, there was actually, the driver of that car was very calm. Just like, you know, you should have let me go. Whereas the yeah. passenger then was giving me looks. And I, what? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I can see why that why that occurs. And yeah, it, for me, it occurs when you're, you're, you're so built up in heat at the moment, you don't have your uh, your, your BPM device on you. <laughs> and, and you're... Um, and you end up just lashing out, and then probably about five or ten minutes later, you're just like, "What? Like, why? Like, just, I'm actually with you." I had an Uber journey recently where we discussed these issues, gun and knife crime. Where, from my point of view, not all the incidents are isolated and carry deeper issues around them. In the time of the incident, but all, but more so prior to which we discussed um, social economics, parental issues, and social media, among other things. I was stating and gave an example that you're young, for example. And have either had so and he either lost a friend or he has been stabbed or shot. With all that's going on obviously in your life already, and not unfortunately being mature enough um, to yet manage your emotions, impulse decisions are likely. I'm not saying it's right or I condone these actions, but I understand it. Have you ever had to show restraint before battle? And my example, I remember, this is fine, not even before battle, but I'll say during battle. Now, I don't even remember, I tell you, I've been thinking about this place all day long, but I can't remember it. When we all went away to, when we were 16, 17. Malia, thank you. And we all get in, we got in that massive, we got in that massive yeah, scuff. Yeah. Cool. So I want to. You probably would know the guys, they were from Bush. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're from Bush and Fulham. Yeah. So I can't remember how it started, but I just remember the ending from my point of view. Let's say both. Everyone had egos bruised from both sides, all right? Hmm. And I remember at the very end, there was this one in particular guy who everyone said was the African guy. And I just remember everyone's naming him that, all right? And I remember I coming close to him, almost was going to front him up. And I remember, I'm not going to say the individual's name. He was like, Andrew, just step away. I didn't know what he was talking about at the time, all right? Because hmm. um, I was that close, I couldn't see what he was talking about. Was knife crime prevalent? I can't remember at the time. Hmm. Um, but I ended up stepping away. and seeing what he had. Yeah, boys up. Yeah. Alright, yeah. Um, so the point I was making, I want to sure many people I knew had been stabbed, stabbed. Yeah. I remember taking a step away, um, and it was a case from I think from there on in, certainly from that day onwards, it was like this is done, far as we're concerned. It wasn't a case of this person won or this person lost. Yeah. It's like we've had we all had a fight. Egos yeah. been bruised, yeah, yeah, yeah. people been punched, blah blah. Yeah. Let's leave it there as such. Well, do you know? I remember that because the next day, you know, quite a few people from our side went and bought knives, right? There you go. So that was actually what I was leaving. And, and I remember thinking in my head. They happened like I think what is happening last night. That's it. No one got hurt. Yeah. Like 
the, ne- the next day because you see the same people on the strip every day. Yeah, and yeah. we saw them the next day and yeah. it was squashed. Yeah. Like it was like, oh yeah, remember like, like Wolf from West, Matching Rip West. Remember that? BS. And it, it basically got squashed. But I remember some guys on our side bought knives and I kept thinking in my head, this, like, no, you don't, yeah. you, you're looking for something now. Mm-hmm. You go on because next, because if, if it, we were to see the next day and it kicked off, now you join something now actually someone has to do something because mm-hmm. we know that they've got stuff as well. Yeah. And then that's when, you know what I mean, it's real yeah. drama. So there's my restraint. So restraint at the time where, well, I'm honest, there was only one winner there. If he had the knife and I didn't have a knife, he was going to win that battle there anyway. Yeah, it was a case of actually take a step back. This one's done for us, my son. All right. And then even the following day when others went to go get bits and pieces yeah. and they asked everybody, Yo, yeah, yeah, we're going to. What, yeah. This is what we're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you coming? Yeah, I did. And I was like, nah, boy, you know I'm, I'm not in the right country. I'm not involved. I'm, I said, right. I'm not involved anyway, but then you want to do all that stuff in Greece and. Yeah, nah, boy. Yeah. yeah. So that was somewhere where actually restraint, this is done. Everyone, a couple of people got a few bruised egos and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's just leave it there, kind of thing. Not a problem. So mm. there's one example of where I felt I should restraint. I'm sure there's many, but there's yeah. one. Certainly as a young man. No. I can think of one off the top of my head. And I might have said it before, but it was when I was actually dating someone years ago. And I think we'd just breaking up or split up, but we were still speaking. But obviously, you know, when you just broke up or split up and we're still speaking, all of a sudden, this person feels they can talk to you in a way. <laughs> like, that they've never talked to you before. And you're like, no, nah, no, nah, you still got to have that same respect for me. Yeah. But this speaks to me. I left the house, boy. I think my cousin was at, at, um, at my house at the time. And like I said, and I just stormed out of the house. I was must have been about 19, 18. No, 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 what am I talking about? I was about 20. I must have been about 20, 21. Mm. Stormed out of the house. And I, was dri- I remember I was driving to Nando's in Park Rural because I knew that's where they were. And I was going to go and call, kick up a real fuss in there. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I was going to go and kick up a real fuss. It wasn't even a joke. I was really going to go in there. I was going to grab someone by their hair and just really mm. go to town on, mm. on the lady. Right. right. I remember I got in the car, I was zooping down the A40, and I, that's, I remember I showed real restraint because I remember my mum ringing my phone, ringing my phone, leave bed, I'm home now. Mum was ringing my phone because I was raging. I saw, I saw Burgundy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's gone past red, boy. <laughs> Trust me. I saw, I saw the next kind of car. Red so, rum, yeah. red rum. I remember I, I showed it, and I was, I was happy, obviously I'm happy I showed restraint because I could have something stupid. I'm pretty much closing. I mean, I've just, so the last part of this chapter is the schooling of emotions. And if I'm honest, this probably, which probably sold the book to me, if I'm honest. I think there's a lot of interesting parts in the book, but I felt um, the schooling of emotions where I think certain schools in the States where I think they were based a bit more on emotional intelligence rather than naturally curriculum and it kind of broke down things for kids. So when they actually got themselves involved in situations, in fact, no, their classes, their classes specifically um, related to EI. So... As I mentioned, obviously, early in the book where I think there was an intervention over a period of, I think it was six to 12 weeks um, with a group of students where obviously there was a sign of improvement and stuff like that. These these schools in particular actually have classes related to EI, emotional intelligence, where they discuss it and they have conversation about it, to which obviously you see like great improvement. So I'll just go through it just very, very quickly. Um, So the main hope of a nation lies in the proper education of its youth. Now, there were some, to what I thought, amazing stories in this part of the book um, as to examples where children as young as eight years of age were able to articulate Elsie how they felt and the issues and why they felt that way, understand each other's perspective and then resolve the issue. Uh, I'm going to read the traffic light system, um, which is in this chapter. Red, 
Um, stop, calm, calm down, I think, before you act. Yellow, um, say the problem and how you feel. <coughs> Three, set a positive goal. Four, think of lots of solutions. Five, think ahead to the consequences. Um, and six, which is green, go ahead and try the best plan. Um, pretty much coming to the close of the book, and this obviously isn't a review, but at this, but at the point of reading this chapter, I thought this was a must for anyone in education because it was quite inspiring read on how kids were able to resolve their differences. Because mm-hmm. I've mediated and resolved issues before with children up to the age of eighteen, but there seemed to be a direct correlation with the classes that were being taught as part of the curriculum called social science. But my last and obviously simple question: How would how would a class such as social science enabled you? What's... I swear, I swear. I don't, what is, you, like, I don't what, what is social science? Okay, so yeah, so let me just break it down just maybe a little bit more. So, You're saying that in America, they've got actually got a class based around schools, emotional intelligence yes. and social sciences that is that class. Yeah, so there's some classes I've seen, some schools in America yeah. or specific schools I've seen within this book yeah. where they were actually having emotional intelligence classes. Okay, so I give examples, loads of different examples. <clears throat> of obviously where it's been actually where it's been where it's been effective so there yeah. was I think a story in this book where there was a confrontation between two kids and I think one kid in particular didn't like the way one kid actually spoke to another kid but instead of obviously having an argument and then going obviously into a fight they were able to articulate actually how they felt at the age of eight mm-hmm. why they felt why they felt that way and what it was in particular that actually set them off as such the triggers and then break it down and then obviously apologise and then understand obviously each other's point of view and then move on yeah, I follow. Um, and yeah pretty much my question is really where do you believe social intelligence the class would have helped you um it's hard to say for me yeah, yeah it's, it's hard, hard but i think i think in regards to possibly maybe even taking to the same example when you're having a disagreement and being able to calmly express yourself and not get so heated and actually listen to someone else's. Because if you're getting taught those kind of skills at a young age, you'll be able to carry those into different parts of your uh, relationships that you may have, whether it's with your parents or whether it's with your peers or whether it's with your partner, whether that be a male or female. I think it'll definitely, I think it's beneficial. I think we should have those type of classes in schools. In fact, when it comes to the whole school system, I think, there needs to be a rehaul, so to speak, or just a, de- a definite change needs to be made. But then, I think that I think that either there was a conversation I had amongst you guys or another group of friends that if we do change the school system, we're almost asking for society to change as well, because I don't think we can change one without the other, because it's also dictated in terms of how we get taught is how we get set up for the next stage of our life. That wraps up season five. For more information or if you have any questions or queries to the information provided, you can tweet or email us at at full underscore e underscore booked or at fullybooked at gmail.com. Now on to season six deal breakers featuring guest Hayley Quinn. A couple of minutes ago, you, a couple of moments ago, should I say, you mentioned that usually as a dating coach, you'll only kind of have clientele from the opposite sex. Right. Why is that the norm, and why? How comes you have you kind of interact with both sexes and kind of? I think I interact with both because I don't think it should be the norm. Okay. Because then we're basing all dating, coaching, and personal opinion. It's like, hey, if you want to date someone like me, 
take my advice. And I think that's kind of lame. It's the same thing as being like, you know, follow my advice because I've had, you know, sex with all these women or follow my advice because I'm happily married with two children. You know, whatever it is, I think that actually doesn't really get to the core of being a good, for me, being a good coach is trying to find out what that individual's version of happiness and success is and helping them to work towards that rather than being like, I call it like Moses of dating where you come down and you're like, these are my rules. If you want to be like me, this is how you live by them. Because I think that's kind of a bit, it's just not really my vibe. And because of that, I wanted to keep things as, whilst I believe men and women are different, I think that we can have a lot of more transparency in terms of how we communicate with one another. We can try and look so, for instance, that not all biases are against women. You know, it goes both ways. And I think actually by becoming more empathetic towards what the other side of the Bitcoin is going through, it really helps to improve you and your dating experience. Um, on page 11, moving on further in the book. So on page 11, Dr. Marshall states that a man's willingness to call in advance and take a woman to dinner is an indicator of his willingness to invest his emotions in her. Now, <laughs> French, you're laughing. <laughs> Hayley, you've come into a bit blind, but French and Poco and I go way back and we know French's personality. Him wanting to take a female to dinner is not necessarily a willingness in... <laughs> in <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it there um, but I know that I mean I've, I, I'm 34 now um, I know I only look 21 thank you Hayley yeah, <laughs> that's what you're thinking um, but um, I know when in my younger days when I've when I've met females and I've had one thing on my mind I'll, put, I'll, I'll pull out all the stops trying to get to that place yeah. so me willing to take someone to dinner does not for me show my kind of my long-term plans. Do you know what I mean? I mean, now I'm in a happy relationship right now. And if I'm, I mean, when I, in terms of engaging with my current partner and how we met, the whole dinner thing was to get to know her, but it wasn't all focused on one thing. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that Dr. Bethany, Dr. Bethany Marshall states that if someone's willing to take dinner, it's it's showing that they're willing to invest your emotions. I think it's a load of BS. I don't know. What's your guys' thoughts? I I agree. I think... No, I mean, sorry, French. It could mean that he is willing to, but she's kind of on page eleven. If you've read the book, P, um, <laughs> she kind of makes out that it's 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 it's, it's written. Yeah, it's written in stone. stone. Exactly, it's yeah. written in stone. He's he's willing to take you to dinner. Yep, he's a keeper. He's someone that's that's willing to invest in you. He wants to know all about your life. Whereas, as guys, as as quiet <laughs> raunchy guys, <laughs> guys in our younger years, we um. We'd be willing to pull out all the stops. I'm glad you're saying this, actually, because I did a webinar for my women's, one of my women's coaching groups going renegade earlier today. And I literally brought this up. I was like, I was like, okay, let's be real here. You might have a strong, he might go in strong for a first few dates because he wants to impress you. He wants to know that you like him. He wants to manage his own fears of anxiety because guys will feel it most like before they approach a woman, before they ask her out, before they kiss her, before they take her, they'll be like, that's when they're like uh, 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 uh. Mm-hmm. so because of that they might go all out but then is that sustainable is he going to be end up being consistent and I think actually it's the consistency bit that's the important bit so it needs a big asterisk saying like and also not always that people show thought and care is through taking someone for dinner like that's really nice but I think it should be about qu- the quality time not about like a steak. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, very true. French, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. 
Okay. <laughs> but Haley, because you mentioned earlier about the consistency. So I, I'll admit it, there might be someone I'm really keen, really interested in. And yeah, the first two or three times, I know I'm able to keep this up. This kind of, here's, here's our first date, 200 pound dinner, order the champagne. But like, you, you're trying to pull, pull over all the stuff, you might be trying to win someone over because you actually, what you might be trying to do is get them to invest in you, if that makes sense, eventually, mm. if that makes sense. You want them to get to know you and maybe by doing that, you have to pull all the stops to show that you're being dead serious about them. You're not just going to take them for a, a cheeky Nando's, as they say. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you saying, Hayley, you saying about consistency, it, it, it might be hard to keep that up. And obviously, whenever you meet someone new, whether that is on a dating scene or whether that's just some me and you meeting today, everyone has something new to bring to your life or something new that they con can contribute. And everyone's interesting when you first meet them. And that also goes with um, someone who you might want to form an emotional attachment or a relationship with. So there's going to be, it, 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 for me, it's going to naturally kind of fall into this kind of like just um, not plodding along but kind of it, it drops into its natural comfort or natural state mm. after a while yeah, so you made a point about consistency do you not believe that the first two or three dates someone is going to try and pull up sort of look their best whether, whether it's the, the lady looking her best and putting on their best glad rags and perfume and makeup anyway, yeah, you put your front foot forward so that, yeah, no, but what I'm my, my point is by the fourth or fifth day or maybe the sixth day or you know where you're kind of three months in now you're not gonna maybe make as much of an effort. Mm -hmm. what, what's your thoughts on that? I think there's just different ways to make an effort. So I think what's important for for instance, if someone happens to be listening to this podcast and thinking, you know, I am actually looking for something that's more serious and more of a relationship, that doesn't to me equate to fancy dinners. That's someone like you know they call a message regularly, they don't drop off the radar, they keep their commitments, they spend their time with you they keep planning things it could be humble things it doesn't have to be anything fancy but it's about I think taking that step back and allowing someone you know allow I always say it's about kind of actually having a bit more patience to instead of wanting to jump to a conclusion so if someone takes you out on some fancy first couple of dates yeah. you want to go along with the fantasy of it and you'd be like well my prince has come but instead <laughs> that might not be what's going down here and instead what you have to do is you have to give it time for someone to you know reveal that who they are so I'm all about you know like if you if that's what you want and that's not what all people want if you want to have something that's more like a serious relationship take it slowly make sure the person is being consistent towards you and also not get too hung up on effort in terms of like money yeah, expense, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's yeah, just put it like yeah, yeah. really frankly here because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we look we have high standards and I'm a thing I think with women's dating sometimes it's good to have high standards, but have them about the right things. You know, don't make it about how tall someone is or how much money they have. And I think with that will always lead you to make rubbish decisions in terms of maybe overvaluing a guy because he looks great on paper. He's got the flashy job or he's done something cool or has a podcast or something. And then, <laughs> hey, look at me, I've got a podcast. <laughs> but then, you know, you might get carried away with that. And then because he's, you know a lot of the time what happens is women will have the experience of the guy coming on really strong as you I'm literally going to get my female clients to listen to this so they can understand why men kind of go about it that way and then kind of coming to a, um, a premature conclusion that this must mean he's already decided that you're the love of his life and getting really building up a lot of expectations and assumptions in fact I like what all of you are saying here about you know what the first few dates are about I know getting to know someone a bit better having fun 
chilling out <laughs> you know and then after that it's about how they behave towards you it should be the important thing it's, I, I know in my dating past I used to find it quite difficult because ideally I just want that person to know me for me but at the beginning I know with me I'm worried will she like me for really? me yeah. Yeah. yeah honest to god that's how I used to think okay. and feel honest to god that's good so yeah, I used to put on honest. this bravado act and, and kind of at the bee's knees maybe go somewhere fancy and all that kind of crap yeah. not crap it's, it's good yeah, but at yeah, the same yeah. time you know it's, it's not real it's, it's not it's not real yeah. so this whole kind of and then after eventually I'm hoping they're warm to me as a person and my character in fact I'm quite jokey like I'm quite I like to think I'm quite witty as well. Yeah. So I'm hoping they'll warm to that and warm to my characteristics. But in, initially, in that initial early stages, I'm just like, I want you to buy into me and I'll, I'll do whatever it takes for you to buy into me, to give me enough time for you to see my true personality. And hopefully that'll be enough to kind of woo you when you over all the rest of it. What about you, Haley? From What's your, what are your deal breakers? What, what would you say, that's a big no-no for me, cross the line, not going any further? Okay, I'm going to go back to like a bit of the R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Okay. So, respect. So, yeah, if yeah. someone, you know, I'm a busy woman here, and I, I know it sounds really, like, a bit confrontational, but if someone doesn't respect my time, that's a really big deal for me. So, for instance, last-minute cancellation of plans, or actually my love language is quality time. So, I actually really like someone to spend time with. That's really important to me, quality time and touch. So, if someone can't relate to me that way... Um, also, I guess I got kind of quite clear in terms of what sort of relationship I wanted um, and what form that would be in. And I agree, people are really different. You know, people have different opinions on monogamy. People have different opinions on infidelity. And I have a problem with, you know, saying that my world experience is going to be the same as everyone else's world experience. So whilst I might want a particular style of relationship for my future, that doesn't mean that has to be the same for everyone else. I do think things like, you know, do you want to live together? Do you want to have children? Do you want something more serious? Or are you just not in the phase in your life to want that? Or in fact, do you want a more poly lifestyle or a more monogamous one? Like these are quite fundamental, I think, in terms of the trajectory of the relationship. All those sort of smaller niggly points. I agree. I would think that commitment isn't something to like rush into or to, it's not a goal to get towards it's better to kind of establish like you said that you've got that degree of connection shared values you appreciate the other person's personality um before you would even get to the stage where as you said it's a deal Absolutely. Mm. um for me so one of them's a, a very small thing or something that would have would be established before we got into something serious but i'm just no to smoking so i wouldn't be with someone that that smokes basically okay. and what's funny is so my current my current partner my current girlfriend who I've been in a relationship with for a while when we first met the first time we actually met she smoked about 10 cigarettes while we were chatting we met in a pub and she smoked about 10 cigarettes I remember um, we didn't exchange numbers that evening we actually got introduced through someone who works within both our fields who had worked with both of us we didn't exchange numbers, didn't we? We got on really, really well. So remember, every like five or ten minutes, she'd be like, I just got to go smoke a cigarette. Do you want to come outside? I said, all right, fine. Didn't exchange numbers. And I think then following the day, she added me on LinkedIn. Okay. And we started speaking on LinkedIn. I think the first time we spoke properly about kind of meeting up or whatever, I kind of said, and we were talking about, oh, what we tend to go for, what we like in people. I said, well, I, will, I refuse to be with someone long-term who smokes. 
And I said to her, look, I'm not saying to you, stop smoking. But what I am saying is that I won't be with someone who smokes long term. So the decisions, with the ball rests in your court. Yeah. Simple as that. And she gave up smoking. She's given up smoking. And I... So I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that Mason. <laughs> um, and I think the other, the other thing is... Um, I need to be with someone who's committed. And one of the things that um, I remember my last, when I say committed, I'll break that down. So um, my last relationship th- that I was in, um, I'm very much a person. If I get into a relationship with someone, I'm always thinking long-term. Like I'm of an age now, I've, I've had my fun. I'm of an age now where time is important. It's very important to me. And if I'm going to be with someone, if I'm going to be with you, um, I'm thinking long term or something, thinking three, four, five and longer. I'm not thinking about three, four, five days or months. And one of the things that kind of that turned me off in my last relationship was the fact that every every time we had a little argument, and I wouldn't call it, I call them kind of com- conflicts of interest or debates or whatever, but if we had a little falling out, it would be, that's it, it's over, delete my number, I don't want to hear from you. And then the next day I'll get an apology. But every time that person done it, it pushed me further, further away. And all I kept thinking in my head is, I can't plan for the future with you. So like I want to plan your birthday next month and a week before we have a little bit of a falling out and you just say, it's over. And I've got to hopefully wait until you've decided actually what I've just said is ridiculous. I still want to be with you. I couldn't plan like that. So the very last time that person said that to me said, I can't be with you. I said, you know what? You're right. I'm probably not right for you. And that's how it ended. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the other thing. It's about commitment. I'm always thinking, I, I just think you can get over kind of small falling out arguments. I'm about commitment and seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, I love that. And I totally agree. Willingness to like come back to the table and work on it and talk it through. It's not very like sexy and exciting, mm-hmm. but having that, you know, the fact that it's like, okay, it's not always going to be fun. It's actually at times going to be difficult. And at times I'm going to have to do stuff, you know, because that suits you or it suits your family or this whole bunch of other commitments that I've now taken on board. I'm going to have to compromise. I'm going to have yeah. to give up this bit of freedom that, so that's why I don't get it. Why people, people sort of like rush towards commitment because it is as it says on the tin it is a commitment you know so you've got to be emotionally mature enough Mm -hmm. to be able to turn up and do that and it sounds like with your um, ex-girlfriend she was feeling kind of insecure for whatever reasons within the relationship trying to test (laughs) doing that classic thing of push away Mm -hmm. test the person's resolve Mm -hmm. but you know what those um that sort of very like romanticized view of relationships that we've been given from like love in the movies and stuff that actually creates havoc in day-to-day life i'm a fan of being someone's friend Mm -hmm. trying to keep stuff calm most of the time yeah it doesn't mean that you're always like i don't know smashing a plate and then someone has to chase someone else down the street with a bunch of red roses but it makes day-to-day life and reality which we're living in much easier and much nicer why are women keen or why is it important for women to be in a relationship I'm going to say probably more so than men that kind of hopefully balances things out and saves me is that to all of us or um, no actually maybe to yourself I don't know you might be able to I don't agree with your point that, okay. about you're saying that it's more important for women to be in a relationship what I would say is from the female friends I have and at the age I'm at now, I know that one of the big things that a lot of them speak to me about that aren't in relationships, they're thinking about family, they're thinking about kids. And those, I know those are kind of the, they're internal clocks. So what we call yeah. it. And those are the things that I know are, are kind of at the forefront of their minds when they're thinking about, I need to, I, oh, I should be with someone. I, I, should, I should be married by now. I need to be with someone. Or when am I going to have kids? That, those are the things that I'm, 
are often in discussion that I'm often in discussion with my female friends who are around the same age group as me. And maybe, maybe that could be a driver into why women might feel like they they're in need of a relationship more than men. That's what I, I think that answers that. the question. Well, it's just my perspective. No, no, I but I think that's a very good answer. So I'm thinking that that was answer the question. I'm going to jump in as well and say that women also, I think, apart from, you know, if you want kids or not, they have, an, I would say, negative social penalty okay. around being single past a certain age that I don't think guys have quite so much. Mm-hmm. Not to say that if, you know, single guys might have more problems with loneliness and isolation. So it's not like a picnic for them either. Mm-hmm. But I think socially the fact that, you know, a man is a mister, a woman is a ms, a miss or a missus, yes. um, bachelor spinster. And also women, even if it's not their intention to have a partner or not their intention to have a family, I notice my female clients, they will literally receive a barrage of sort of like misguided comments, stuff like, oh, have you got yourself sorted out yet? Uh, you know, and it's sort of implicit in that, that as a woman or like, oh, you're an attra- attractive woman. There'd be loads of guys that would want to date you. And you're just, some pe- sometimes people feel like it's all right even if they don't know the woman very well, to pass a sort of off-the-cuff remark about her relationship status or lack thereof. So I think whilst men are often judged about their success with women in terms of, you know, have they been able to connect and have sexual experiences with lots of different women, I think women are often judged by, do you have a boyfriend or a husband or partner? And if so, how successful is he and how much does he love you? Um, So I think because of that, it adds a lot more sort of stigma, even when women are actually ostensibly quite happy being single. Actually, I find lots of my female clients, they are not the Bridget Jones stereotype. You know, they've really got their stuff together. They're really successful. They're pretty fulfilled. And because of that, they're not feeling the same sort of need to have a partner, although it's something they'd like to happen so I think why they might experience that more than guys or more intensely apart from the biological aspects is also just the social pressure and how they're spoken to around relationships what was that term I love that term. negative social penalty penalty I love that and you know what I'm going to add to add to your point Hayden just add, add further on to what I said earlier P um female just because a female seeks out a relationship or she might be in a relationship it does not necessarily mean she's happy it might be that social pressure as to why she's still sticking within that relationship and I'm not gonna go any further than that obviously I have friends and I have family and I'm not gonna say anything else so the reason why I I raised that question was because I think as you delve into the book I think you find like that question was kind of born out of like a female maybe in a hurry to get into a relationship and obviously the book's from a female perspective and then I think a lot of the problems you find in a book is like how did you not see this in the first place? I also think women are very hung up or they've been taught to be really hung up on this idea of the right guy. So like I mentioned at the start, it's not that they can't find any men, it's about finding high quality guys. And I think often what they would determine or what they'd qualify as the wrong guy is A, a guy that they never really felt enough connection or attraction to that in their heart of hearts they sort of knew they didn't want to be in something long term with him or that, it, you know, that little niggle at the beginning, you know, developed into a massive niggle at the end and they had to break up. 
or it was a guy that he he becomes the wrong guy by default because he's not able to offer them the kind of relationship that they want. And because I think women hear a lot about, you know, being left on the shelf or they have a lot of negative messaging around their looks and ageing, I think they fear that pressure of time and they feel it more intensely in the way that guys don't, leading them to... And if you're acting under time pressure, it means you want to make stronger judgments. There's an opportunity cost, dare I say it, to being with... If you're with one guy, but it's not going to develop into the relationship you want, as those months and years tick by, there's an opportunity cost of lost opportunity to meet other guys. And because of that, I think that means that women, particularly what I see, that can actually lead to sort of dating behaviours that are unhelpful, like dismissing guys too early on, being very rigid about the kind of man that they want to attract, not being able to have fun and just experience a relationship and go with it for a bit because they become so fixed on, is it going to be this or not? And you know what? Most of the time I find, though it's like, nice you gave that perspective of how you see relationships. I think a lot of times guys approach dating with a bit more of an, I'd say like experiential attitude, which is, is not that actually like the man has the plan and he knows what's going on. A lot of the time the guy is just like going along with it and seeing how he feels. And I think as women, we've been taught to sort of look to the guy and decode these mythical signals as to if he sees us as like wife material or not. And a lot of the time, he's just not even had that thought, you know? Hasn't even crossed that. his mind. Oh, you know Very simple. Yeah. yeah. Hayley, do you know what? So you've raised a couple of points. One of mine is, one of the points that you've just raised is this whole labeling thing and like I know with some of the relationships I've been in the need for labels I said earlier that if I'm dating someone and I've invested in you four, five, six times in terms of time quality time whether we've been out for meals whether we've been cinema whether we've just been chilling and, and got to know each other in my head I'm thinking we're, this is for long term I'm always pressured with so what are we? What are we doing? Are we in a relationship? Are we? What am I to you? Like, and I'm just like, if I'm with you now, you you don't you need to understand my time is very precious. The fact I'm spending time means I'm thinking long term. I'm not thinking about any type of labeling. But do you not I'm think not, that's from other people? What's that? Sorry, the labels like they want to label it. So they well, it's just what Haley said yeah. about kind of pressure in society about yeah. what was going on. Are you so you're dating this guy? Are you exclusive? I was speaking to someone earlier today, actually, and that's and it's to do with finances, actually. So, a friend of mine, um, he was telling me that his we was we was having a, a general chit chat, and then I said, "Oh, what does your um, missus' sister do?" Because the older sister, she's got a couple of really really nice houses in Eden. Mm-hmm. So, what does she do? And she works for a, a massive massive company. I'm not going to say the name, and she's head of like their global something something. I'm not going to go into job title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I goes, "Okay, what does the husband do?" And he goes, and what my mate said was. When she met him, yeah. he was a labourer, like on a construction site. Mm-hmm. And she actually saw, she actually really got on well with him. Um, and she actually said to him, look, do you know what? You can do better than this. And she actually paid for him to go on IT courses. He ended up um, going through, um, getting qualification in IT, set up an IT company and has now recently sold it for a couple of million. Okay. And, that, and your point about finances, I feel like if you meet the right person, and obviously finance is always going to come into it, but finance shouldn't be an issue if you found the right person. You can work 
like money comes and goes like you can work at that long term and it's all about kind of finding the right person who you have a connection with mm-hmm. fall in love with and all the rest of it and obviously now they're 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 pretty happy but she said from day one I think it, from day one that could have potentially been a deal breaker mm-hmm. but she was willing to see where it went and obviously he made that change for her because mm-hmm. he was willing to say do you know what if you don't think this is good enough I'm willing to try and make an effort and she supported him I think support is really nice. And actually, if mm. I go back to what, if I could think of what a deal breaker would be for me now, I think an unsupportive partner, because, you know, if you're kind of trying to run a business or do something else in your career that's important, if your um, relationship is wreaking havoc with that by being really unstable or your partner doesn't approve of your work or isn't understanding of things, that could be a really big problem. And I think in the past, I definitely made the mistake of trying to prioritize people because they had a job that sounded cool or they were doing something impressive and I actually realized that in the end first of all I didn't particularly necessarily get on with that kind of personality I just sort of like butt heads with them and instead having a supportive guy was worth more than you know anything that financially you could bring to the relationship because I think in fact you are a team and you're a partnership and as you said money can come and go sometimes you have financial obstacles my parents certainly did when we were growing up but it was the strength of their relationship that enabled it to get through and so that's why I find it I know we're going to come to this a bit later maybe but what you're talking about defining a man or you know that high quality guy Mm -hmm. and I think it says something really off about guys who are maybe currently in between jobs within the book yeah 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 Yeah, now there is a lot of negative connotations when it comes to men if they're I mean, yeah, as you said, in between jobs and things like that. It's a very rigid... I just find it's quite a rigid view of masculinity. Yeah. Or defining men, you know, I find... Obviously maybe it's just, you know, the, it's the book of the context of the book, you know, whereabouts in the world this person is based, very affluent, you yeah. know, Western society. Yeah. But I find it's a bit... You know, like how we talk about a lot of problems between um, men and women or how we spoke earlier about how women face this negative social penalty around ageing or being single. I think that goes both ways. And actually, guys can sometimes find it really difficult if they're, you know, below average height or they're not uh, they're not earning in a particular role. And I think in order for us to progress forward and actually make better decisions about who we form those relationships with, if we want a bit of compassion for our shortcomings, which we all have as people, then we should give that compassion back. And I think you should be willing to not have such as, you know, not every woman should be aiming to date someone who's six foot two and works in finance and is a homeowner. Tell me what you love. 